Well, hello, folks, and a welcome to We The Peeps. It's the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know everything, everything, everything that you need to know about, in this case, the U.S. Women's National Team Elites, baby. I'm Clayton. I'm a rapper. I'm Kwame. I'm a doctor in increasingly need of blood pressure medication. <laughs> and we just love the Nats, especially when they win in the semifinals of the damn cup. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Is your website a headache for your organization? A slow or hard to use website drives customers away, but Cantilever can help. Our dedicated support department can act as your in house team, handling everything from system upgrades to speed improvements to major design changes. We've been in business since 2011 and have maintained sites for clients like IBM, Esquire Magazine, and Flatiron School. You can access Cantilever's top-notch design and development talent without the cost and overhead of a full-time hire. Plans start at just $2,000 a year and are customized to suit your needs and budget. To get started with Cantilever, visit cantilever.co slash WTP. That's cantilever.co slash Whiskey Tango Papa. Welcome in, folks. The game was USA versus England in the very semifinals you're thinking of. Those in the World Cup. Indeed. It's time. We are going to the final of this thing. We got one game left. But first, we got a pod about this truly, truly epic, tense tie that we saw today from France. Kwame, how you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling uh, pensive. I'm, I'm feeling everything. Everything all at once. <laughs> You're alive, dude. That's why we love this game so much. We can finally That's feel right. alive. Electricity jangling my neurons. <laughs> all right. So, folks, as always, please do leave uh, your ratings and reviews. Five stars, please. That helps us out a lot. Also, follow us on Twitter, at WTPPod. Mega helpful. And if you don't want to do any of that stuff, at the very least, you could just click subscribe. Come on. We're doing it out here. We're doing our best out here. Click subscribe. Hear some more pods from us. As time goes on, why not? End of housekeeping. Line them up, elites. It is time. Semi-final time. Surprise, surprise. Slight surprise here in the starting lineup. Sam Mewis doesn't get to start. Uh, we see Julie Ertz instead. Lindsey Horan and Rose Lavelle as our midfield three. That's been a little flexy throughout the tournament. And then instead of Megan Rapino, who didn't warm up and by the end of the game was pretty much established as an injured player, although it's, uh, it was certainly shrouded in more than a little mystery. We saw instead Kristen Press start this match. All right, get ready, hold your breath for 90 minutes. Here we fucking go. This game was explosive, tense. It was fast and slow. The clock tick seemed to tick slow and the players seemed to move at a million miles an hour the entire time. Just Nine minutes in, we would get a goal uh, for, in which it, there was a pass out of the midfield by the U.S. Rose Lavelle is offside, steps over it, doesn't, doesn't interact with the play, perhaps. Goes to Kelly O'Hara overlapping, who crosses it to Press and heads it in. Kristen Press, been waiting all tournament for some play time. She's gotten some, but she gets the start and she gets her goal right away. 
Rose Lavelle, uh, generally speaking, not just in this play, but uh, was in general, was all over the field, razzle-dazzling, there was nutmegs, there was uh, slotted passes, there was all kinds of magic coming from Rose Lavelle, uh, but stay tuned on that one. Yeah, she had a really excellent game. I'm not sure she was offsides on that, on that goal. I think it was just a dummy, but small point. All right, all right, all right. That's a, that's a Clayton take there. That's fine with that. In the 19th minute, England would get it back. Uh, White takes this ball off of a quick pass through the middle and rips it. Uh, Alyssa Nair is miles away from this, not even close to saving it. 1-1, all tied up, yo. In the 24th minute, Becky Sauerbrunn almost has an own goal. Oh man, the tears welling up in everyone's eyes at home for this potential heartbreaking moment, but it was not to be, and just minutes later, Alex Morgan would finally get back on the score sheet after what feels like years and years since Thailand. She takes this header uh, and, and drinks that tea. Awesome celebration. Sips on the tea in front of the England fans. Sip on that motherfuckers. This was a great play. Went Started with Dal Kemper, went through Kristen Press, then Lindsey Horan with a fantastic little chip. Uh, the type of stuff Lindsey Horan just loves to do. So now we're off to the races. That's the go-ahead goal. Uh, before going into halftime, we would see one incredible save from Nair. She pulled off a full-stretch upper 90 save to vindicate herself. We go into half. Spoiler alert, we would not see any more goals put onto the score sheet, uh, but there was plenty of drama to go around. Rose Lavelle, who was having such a great game, would eventually uh, go down with an injury. Easiest lip read ever. It's my hamstring. Uh, Sam Mewis comes in instead, and then immediately following that, White scores again, but the review says offsides. Can't argue with that. It's hard to argue with that diagram that they put up there. But uh, the goal was not to be, sadly. Uh, we'd also get to see Carly Lloyd come in for Tobin Heath. And then there was a very uh, classic, uh, 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 vintage VAR possible PK, which turned into an actual PK. Hard to believe. Looked like a soft touch there. But guess who? It's the Becky Sauerbrunn again, almost with an own goal. And remember, gave up a goal earlier in this tournament uh, versus Spain. So Becky Sauerbrunn really going through it back there. The penalty gets called, but Alyssa Nair saves it, or it's not that good of a penalty. Alyssa Nair gets a lot of credit for this, especially from Alexi Lawless, uh, but really wasn't particularly well-taken penalty. Uh, lastly, going into the end of this game, we'd see a red card uh, to Bright, uh, who fouled Morgan for the 90,000th time. Uh, Well-deserved second yellow, although the ref gave the yellow and there was a dubiously long pause before she gave the red. Makes you wonder if she actually knew it was the second yellow or had to get that phoned in through her earpiece. Ali Krieger would come on for Kelly O'Hara and we would sweat this shit out. Celebrate, rest for the night, U.S. elites. You did it. We made it to the final of the World Cup. Kwame, what were your first impressions? Oh, well, so much to talk about. I will say, uh, in terms of the penalty save, which we'll get to later, but I just want to mention now that I actually strongly disagree with kind of two things you said there, but that just makes it more fascinating to talk about. Let's talk about it. Yeah, what you got? Uh, start with the penalty? Yeah, so I didn't think... I thought it was soft. It was very soft. This is a, This is something that is... Almost definitely not going to get called pre-VAR era. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was a penalty, but it took me so many watches and uh, to catch it. And I actually think this is a brilliant, potentially game-saving play by Sauerbrunn. 
and then actually a great penalty save by Nair. So, so there's the two. That's the second disagreement that it was indeed a fantastic save. Yeah. So, okay. so let me let me justify that those, those conclusions, right? So, so England has a nice, really nice in, ex, interchange. Uh, Fran Kirby with a great turn slips in uh, the left sided. I think it was Stokes or maybe it was Paris. Uh, and Ellen White should have a tap in. Becky Sauerbrunn, who's beat because she's initially trying to hold the offside line, um, is trying to catch to Ellen White. She's got, uh, she who has a tap in. And then Becky Sauerbrunn, I think, does clip her, but she clips her really subtly. And you know that move which you, where you see in soccer all the time, if you watch the Premier League or anything like that, a player is beat and they run they they run behind uh, the attacking player and catch their legs and they 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 pretend it's accidental but like they do it in a way where you know it's deliberate. Uh-huh. Becky Sauerbrunn does the same thing, uh-huh. but she does it so well uh-huh. that you actually do think that their legs tangle accidentally. You really do, and you and you can't you can barely even see it, man. Like there was some weird optical illusion. I saw the one angle. Uh, you know, from there was that one angle, they kept playing it over and over again, didn't see contact at all. Then they went to the other angle where you can see the contact clearly from sort of the other side. Then they went back to the original angle and all of a sudden I could see contact. It was like a fucking 3D book trick. Yeah, it was really hard to catch. I think she, Sauron catches her when Ellen White is in her backswing mm-hmm. to kick the ball, but but that is that is deliberate. And the thing that, again, to me, convinces me it's deliberate, is that Sauerbrunn kind of darts at the last second across the back of White's legs. But she does it so well that the touch is so subtle that actually White is the only person on the entire field calling for a penalty. None of her teammates call for a penalty because they think that she just whiffed on it or was incidental contact. But, you know, that's a moment where, you know, you call for a penalty almost no matter what. You're chasing the game. No one in England except for White calls for a penalty. It was that good and that subtle. And outside of the VAR era, that's not a penalty. They don't catch it because it's that subtle and that's, that's Sauerbrunn's experience. But then even when she does get called for the PK, which, again, she almost got away with, she's saving an almost certain goal. So she, she gives away the penalty kick and the yellow card, but she gives Nair a chance to save it. Uh, and Houghton... It's a it's an okay penalty. It's not a horrible penalty. It's low. You know, it's not an easy hike to save, um, but you know, it's it's not uh, you know it's not in the corner by any means. And I think that this is also we're starting to see goalkeepers now having had a couple of weeks to practice penalties with this new uh, with this new rule enforced by VR where they really do have to wait to leave their line. And so I think. And I, I haven't seen that many goalkeepers do it this way, but I think increasingly what goalkeepers are doing are they're not trying to read the uh, penalty taker as much or or gauge their reaction. They're just trying to time the shot and they're trying to uh, time their own ex- their own dive, making sure that it's a legal dive. And I think Nair kind of was like, okay, I think she's going this way. I'm just going to time it and dive and go. And uh, you know, she gets down. I mean, it, maybe. I mean. She might have have read her very very well. Maybe, you know, maybe. Mayor talking, but I think that it's just a it's a powerful, assured dive, and she gets down low because we've definitely seen plenty of penalties taken uh, that go in that spot that squeeze in under the goalkeeper. They can't get down far enough, and 
she got down far enough. She got so down far enough, and uh, that is not easy to do, and she definitely deserves credit for that. I don't think it's a 10 out of 10 strike, um, but given this PK save, which you're right, she did get down very, very fast, yeah. and, and given the other save in the first half, I, you know, although I'm not Alexi Lawless saying this is my favorite U.S. soccer moment of all time, I think Carly Lloyd's hat trick in the final begs to differ, mm-hmm. but... Um, you know, I, I do think that given those two saves, Alyssa Nair has vindicated her presence on this team. You know, she had a great moment. Um, I think she'll probably have to have more in the final. It's too early for her to celebrate. But it's not crazy that she's the starting goalkeeper anymore, is it? No. And again, and you know, I've been someone who's sort of questioned the Nair um, starting uh, hold on the starting position. And, you know, it's not that Nair is a bad goalie. I think she's a very good goalie. Um, I just not I'm just not certain she's the best goalie on the team because we have three very excellent goalkeepers and I think that you know she has certain areas of weakness high crosses and really didn't face that against England today for which is interesting because you would think with England's presence uh, you would see more of that but you might. Yeah, she no, they're, did they're she did a very, an excellent very job low she couldn't passy, have... quick passy through the middle type of thing that they presented yeah, and you know, I don't. Th- she couldn't have done anything on that first goal. Uh, th- there was nothing that she could have done uh, based on that cross and and where the player was in that one touch off the post, off the far post. So I think, yeah, for me, I think she's the player of the game. Uh, and uh, yeah, hat hats off to her. Hats off to you. Uh, yeah. We saw Kristen Press instead of Megan Rapino. Kwame, are you, you, I, I'm, you know, I'm liable to see conspiracy where it isn't there. Uh, but I do wonder if, if Jill Ellis said, I, I know that Rapino needs a rest. I'd say, you know, Kristen Press is not Rapino, but she's real good. And I want to give her the 90 minutes and then we're going to feign an injury so that when Megan Rapino comes back in the final, uh, it's totally unexpected and no one's ready for it. What do you think? What do you think of my theory? Uh, I'm not buying your theory. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, you think actually injured. Yeah. I think this is too difficult a game. I think that, um, you know, Lucy bronze, I think Lucy bronze is so dangerous that you can't really, um, you can't really afford to weaken your left side. Now, which is not to say Kristen press is a weak player. But, you know, it would be a big gamble where conceivably this is the harder game over the two opponents you might play in the final. Now, that said, as I talk, you know, your conspiracy, uh, your conspiracy chemtrails are infecting me a little bit. <laughs> and I will say that maybe, you know, Lucy Bronze, I think, is England's best player. And a lot of people, you know, have her one of the best players in the world, definitely top three. I think she was really, really dangerous and Rapino doesn't necessarily track back uh, to help out on defense, um, generally speaking, as much as some others. And so maybe the argument is press uh, against uh, bronze with with better legs. But I, I don't really think so. I don't really think Ellis... A little too far to go for some trickery. Yeah, I think you might have a quick, uh, you know, you might have a quick trigger on Rapino. Uh, you know, you might start Rapino and then let her, you know, do a lot of work and then bring press in, you know, at 60 minutes, kind of like what was the plan for Lavelle. But, 
But no, I think this is a genuine injury, and I think uh, it's up in the air whether Rapino is back for the final. I think I saw uh, in the post game that she said she would be back for the final. Well, her simply saying that she'll be back for the final is proof that my theory is wrong. They would never say that if it was an on-purpose deception. In other news, uh, you predicted, in, and I did not, I thought it wouldn't happen, that uh, Alex Morgan would find her way back into this tournament. I think it's safe to say that she has. This wasn't an easy goal. She's had a second really strong game on the ball again, in spite of the fact that she is getting fouled and fouled and fouled on end. Uh, how's it feel to be right on this one? What do you see for Alex Morgan in the final? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm relieved. Um, I do think that that was a typical Lindsay Horan assist. Uh, yeah. Horan, because she herself, uh, I think, really likes scoring that type of goal, um, is really good about finding people with sort of chipped crosses. Um, Morgan, in this case, she also finds Tobin Heath that way a lot when they play club together with the Thorns. Uh, and so I thought that although Mewis and Lavelle have been really strong in this tournament, that's not really the, the sort of run and cross that they give. Uh, so I think Alex Morgan is really happy to see Lindsay Rand on the field and really happy to see that ball coming to her head and it was a great run uh, and, you know, didn't rely on her combining with Heath um, or Press uh, you know, Kristen Press, I think, you know, we should talk about also, you know, scored that goal really early. Uh, her celebration, you know, was one of such kind of joy and euphoria. You know, she was robbed several times by the Chilean That's right. goalkeeper. Uh, and so I think this was maybe her first World Cup goal, but certainly... Yeah, I think they said second. There was definitely like a finally kind of sensation on her face. And it was a great, it was a great header. You know, there's a lot of time to think about that header, you know, was a deep cross coming to her. She doesn't have to beat anyone. She's standing still. And, uh, you know, she really seized the moment and, and delivered a great header. Um, her performance after that, I thought, was a little uh, indifferent. I think she that faded. she was she was working hard and she was getting in good positions, but I think her decisions weren't great. I think there were, there were times where she um, should have shot and she passed. And there were times where she, uh, and there were then there were times where she did the reverse, yeah. uh, namely in that in the second half when the uh, English goalkeeper is a giveaway and she nips in and she steals it and then she cuts the Ooh, ball in and call. she's got Morgan all alone, uh, but she doesn't pick her head up and she rushes a left-footed shot that goes wide of the post and if she just simple you know tap to Morgan that's a tap in and that's three one and the. U.S. has much more breathing room. And that was the biggest example, but there were other moments yeah, that like that. So, yeah, and there was another moment, too, where she she didn't overlap. She instead replaced Crystal Dunn as the left back, and Crystal Dunn got stranded all alone at a moment when the U.S. were playing a five-back at that point and really didn't need someone to fill in that spot. Uh, so little little things like that. Yeah, there were little things. I would say in general this game, there were little things that, there did seem to be little disconnects all over the field. So tactically for, I would say the first 55, 60 minutes of the game, when we had the ball, we were in a 4-3-3, but when we were defending, which was 
a lot of the time, because England had the bulk of the possession in this game, we were in a 4-1-4-1. Uh, and I thought that that... Uh, I, I didn't really like that. Um, uh, I didn't think that England had all that much difficulty attacking it. Uh, and I also thought that we didn't transition into attack out of it very well. And I didn't think that we were coordinated all that well with each other. We've done the four-one-four-one in the past. I think in the pre-World Cup friendlies we did it at least once, and we've done it before. Um, but I've, it's never been my favorite um, alternative formation for us. I think it left Morgan a little isolated. Uh, I think we just didn't seem as sharp. The back line didn't seem as sharp as they had against France. And I thought Heath got isolated. So we we abandoned it around the 60th minute or so, 55th minute, early early in the in the second half. Real early. Up one goal to a five back. Real early. This is the second time. Jill Ellis is locking it down with one goal leads and 30 minutes to go. And then they're dribbling to the corners. We didn't go right to from 4-1-4-1 to 5-4-1. We actually went 4-1-4-1 to 4-3-3 and uh, then the 4-3-3 for about 15 minutes or so, 20, and then we went to the 5-4-1. When we did go to the uh, to the 5 in the back, it felt early to me. It felt like we could be pressing for more goals. Um, and when the U.S. started dribbling to the corner, it once again felt early to me. We then faced seven extra minutes, uh, seven minutes of extra time. And uh, but, you know, I can't if both of those felt early to me, but it fully worked and it fully worked against France, too. So are these were these the perfect times to make those decisions to start locking it down? Or is the U.S. getting a little bit lucky here? You know, it's hard to know. Right. And it's hard to know exactly what they're gauging things on. I, it did feel a little early to me, but I think also the switch back to the 4-3-3, um, you know, Lavelle goes out injured um, soon after we go back to the 4-3-3, and Mewis comes in and didn't have as strong of a game as she has um, up until now. And so I think perhaps she felt England had the initiative, and so this was perhaps a little bit more of a forced change um rather than rather than a okay let's throw them off i think against france we switched to unsettle them and i think in this perhaps we felt it was our strongest defensive uh formation it was clear from the beginning of this game that england wanted to break up a lot of the rhythm uh of the play that the u.s was was coming at them with and my question for you is, how did the U.S. overcome that? You know, how is it that Alex Morgan, who's been fouled like this the whole tournament, what is she doing differently to, uh, to find her way into these games? And how did the U.S. Uh, manage to overcome that initial sort of 10, 15 minutes where it seemed like the play would never become uh, smooth? Um, I think that... The U.S. was smarter about fouling than England was. I think part of what happened is that instead of just allowing Alex Morgan to be fouled, uh, we did a lot of the fouling and in a way that was right on the line and caused England to retaliate and be 
you know, and be reactive and perhaps get a little infuriated and out of their game. And I think a lot of that connects to uh, Lindsey Horan, um, who uh, we didn't really see the full replay, but, you know, certainly appears to gouge a piece out of uh, Jill Scott's uh, face. Definitely. And that was right after one of the England players throwing an elbow and getting a yellow for it. Yeah, it was a few minutes. Uh, the, the England player threw, it was more of like a hand, um, an open hand that caught Alex Morgan and she, Millie Bright, um, who eventually got sent off for a second yellow. That was her first yellow striking Alex Morgan in the face. Um, Lindsay Horan, it was, the two were closer together um, and Scott kind of had her wrapped up a little bit and on the, on the telecast, they replayed it, but they, they started the replay after Horan's hand made contact with Scott's face. So, you know, it's hard to know exactly what happened there. Certainly in the game against France, um, there was a... France was calling for a foul when Amandine Henri ran her face into Lindsay Horan's elbow. Uh, that's literally what she did. That's not me being a homer. It's harder to tell in this game, but definitely Scott was pissed off. And then just a couple minutes into the second half... Uh, Haran catches Lindsay Bronze across the jaw uh, and gets a yellow card for that. And again, what the replay showed was hard to say exactly what the contact was, but Haran definitely is a fairly physical player in terms of, uh, you know, sort of contact she makes up close. She doesn't come flying in on tackles like Ertz does, but um, you definitely feel her presence. And I think... Horan, along with Crystal Dunn, uh, primarily. Uh, Kelly O'Hara, surprisingly less than we've often seen her in the past, had some really hard tackles, and England was pissed, and the game got chippy for a while in, in a way that I think didn't, uh, didn't uh, really help England. Uh, an example of that, um, and they didn't get caught for it, but they could have, soon after Horan's yellow card for catching bronze in the face. Uh, there's a header... And an England player uh, kind of rakes her her heel down Horan's uh, knee, down her knee onto the top of her yeah, shin. Yeah, that looks pretty brutal. Which, uh, yeah, which, you know, on first blush seemed accidental. But, you know, as I've watched it a few times, I think it was definitely deliberate. Uh, so, you know, any sympathy I might have had for England for, you know, their flares being caught in the face, you know, goes away. So, um, <laughs> but uh, that was definitely... It definitely turned chippy for a while and then uh, and then competitive once more. So I think that the U.S. Um, the U.S. kind of came out on top from that. You know, went toe-to-toe, yeah, and then midfield battle. Uh, but this was definitely a close, close thing. Um, England, you know, def- had a goal disallowed for VAR offsides. Uh, it was very close. Um, now, it wasn't as close as the game uh, against France, where um, Tobin Heath's goal was disallowed, so this was consistent. Uh, but I will say that I underestimated uh, Ellen White um, and how dangerous a center four she is. She was intense. Uh, and it's a bit silly that I underestimated the um, co-Golden um, Boot um, leader, but I'll put it down to, uh, and it, you know, it's a it's a flimsy thing. But whenever Ellen White scores, she always looks really surprised. Like that's her, <laughs> that's her celebration, and uh, you know, and she's also not someone who's you know dribbling and juking, and uh, you know scoring a worldly. Her game is based on 
movement and positioning and 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 runs and being available and, and just being a clinical finisher butter finish butter finish on this goal in this game yeah that's sometimes less obviously impressive but no less no less skillful and valuable and uh she gave us all we could handle she gave us uh, a run for our money so kwame yeah. here we are we're going into the final okay we did it somehow that that game could have gone Either way, any which way, there was no telling the entire time. And I don't think that changes on a replay. Um, but here we are. We're going to the final. It's, it's done and dusted. Uh, for sure, one game, one and done for the cup. We've got a, a situation that you predicted, in a, you sort of maybe not predicted, but we're concerned about, which is that if Rose Lavelle is seriously injured, we are down to three center midfielders. And if one of them fatigues or gets injured, we're going to have to bring in um, Ali Long or Morgan Bryan, who, are, who seem to be a step below the rest uh, at this point. Uh, we have another situation with developing situation with Megan Rapino. Kristen Press, a very good player, but uh, not Megan Rapino. And I know I'm, I've been all press all tournament, and I, I love... Uh, I love Chris and Press. I think that she did deserve some more time in this tournament if it weren't for Megan Rapinoe's sort of um, magnanimous name uh, and history. Uh, but it, it, I am convinced at this point, having seen this 90 minutes, that you know we're, we're missing Rapinoe, right? So, so here we are going into the final. We've got some potential. Our, our depth is for sure being tested, as it had to be. Uh, my question for you is, are there any changes? We don't know yet. The, the opponent we're going to play, so not based on the opponent, but based on what we're seeing, you know, a slowing down Tobin Heath, perhaps. Are there any changes uh, that you would make to what we've seen as sort of what we can assume as the starting lineup? Um, you know, I think we'll have to see who our opponent is a little bit. Um, Netherlands and Sweden have two very different... Um, I would say, strengths defensively. So it depends on that a little bit. I think it's very unlikely uh, that Lavelle will be able to play the final, you know, unless that was a, a cramp um, in her hamstring, which is like it. rare. It didn't look like it, and those are relatively rare, but, but possible, you know, especially if, you know, she's got uh, pretty uh, twitchy hamstrings. Um, so fingers crossed for that, but I think it's unlikely she'll feature. So then... You know, the midfield three is pretty settled. And, you know, hopefully Rapino can play, but again, do you, how much do you risk? Do you, if she, if it is a hamstring, you know, those things, you can start off okay and then you open it up and 30 minutes in, you need a sub. Um, so do we risk that or do we, you know, do we go back to Kristen Press who now, has the momentum of this game, and you know perhaps um, her adrenaline is is surging a little less, and uh, can make the quality decision a little bit more consistently. Uh, is that is that a better choice? I think it all depends on how strong that hamstring is for Rapino and what your level of concern is. Um, you know, Tobin Heath got subbed off, and it was hard to tell if she was fatigued or tweaked something. It didn't look like anything that would keep her out. Um, they also subbed Kelly O'Hara out very late, which, um, you know, hopefully is not 
anything. Hopefully that was just a time-wasting thing. Yeah, I think that's a time-wasting and protective thing. And I'll take this moment to just thank our lucky stars that Kelly O'Hara has made it all the way to the final uninjured. That was a major concern, and she has been rock solid. She was so good in this game. And then I think, you know, like we mentioned, going back to the back five, you've got uh, stoppage time left. You bring in Allie Krieger. Uh, It's not as tough as a job. A fresh Allie Krieger can be just about as good as Kelly O'Hara in that situation. And you just take out that risk of of a frustrated, losing hope England player taking Kelly O'Hara out of this game because she's crucial. I mean, she got the assist. Mm -hmm. She's she's involved in the attack. And she's, as you said, made of granite on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm just so glad that we've gotten to enjoy her play so far uh, for the duration of the tournament and hopefully for the final as well. Kwame, is there anything else you want to leave the people with here before we we're going to do a uh, a little, you know, correspondence section uh, like we did for France. So I have a little preview and good news. Good news. A friend of mine is happens to be at the both semifinals. So that happened. We're going to we're going to have her call in and hear about what her experience has been being at the World Cup in person. Uh, so we'll do all that as well as uh, review the crap nuts and you don't really have to think about that right now. But all that's going to happen. Kwame, anything you want to leave the people with before uh, we, we say goodbye for the night? My last thought in thinking about this game and, and this team and what we've seen in the last two games against England and France is that they're starting to remind me of some of the Brazil teams that win World Cups. And by this I mean... Those Brazil teams in Brazil are known for all these sort of skillful players and tricks and, you know, uh, the beautiful the beautiful style of soccer that they play. But Brazil also wins by being really smart and grinding out games by any means necessary. And that means uh, fouls that are just on the line of a booking, uh, time-wasting, uh, killing the game, all these sort of very um, sort of devious but uh, really difficult to implement strategies to unsettle the opponent, right? So sometimes it's the nutmeg that unsettles them. Sometimes it's the hard foul. Uh, sometimes it's the, you know, sometimes it's the exaggerated injury that soaks up time. Uh, and this team uh, looks that way to me, that there is this sort of flashy exterior and then there's this really kind of grit grind you into dust um, uh, engine uh, underneath. Uh, and I, ho- I hope everyone that's watching can appreciate both sides. Oh, yeah. Oh, we feel good about it. We feel good about it. Do you feel good about it out there, peeps? I know you do. We got one more game. This has been an incredible uh, tournament so far. And I'm so grateful to all of you who have decided to share this experience with us. Thank you uh, for, for, for doing that. It's really fun. And this, is, this, this sport and this podcast adds a lot to my life. Enough, sentiment, enough sentimentality. Chill, Clado. Uh, I like my... I have this little pocket-sized book written by some Buddhist guy. So I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, Tik Nhat Han. And it's fantastic. Simply written, not a whole lot of words, lots of great insights. Big fan of that. Uh, I like when you are unable to get the transportation to get to where you want to go, and then you realize that you could walk there. It's fantastic. We got legs. We got bodies. Let's use them, right? 
and I especially like it when uh, you accidentally get a coin of a, the wrong denomination uh, in change, uh, a coin from an, another nation. It's fantastic. It reminds you that not all money looks like your money. Stupid. And uh, the, the world is a big place. But I tell you what, I don't love any of that stuff as much as I love these elite gnats. Let's go, baby. Final time. Here we go. One more to go. Uno mas. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.